something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. Rock and roll with the conversation. <laughs> so, all that being said, um, we'll probably just jump into it. You excited to be on the show, Mama? Always excited to help my children out. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully... You probably want to speak a little bit louder because, yeah, come a little bit closer to the mic. Come closer. Come closer. Oh, oh. <laughs> sounds a little. It sounds fucking weird. Please. Insist. <laughs> yeah, please. Please don't get weird on my, my program, Mom. I would mm-hmm. appreciate that. I'm always weird. Thank you. Okay. Well, I'm going to kick off the show then. All right. Um, hold okay. on. Okay. All right. Hold on. <laughs> Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever this reaches you. You're listening to another episode of the Six Feet Under podcast. I am your five foot nine host with sophisticated ignorance, Uncle Pooche. I'm going to be really honest with you. That sounds a little strange. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Pooche. Yeah, you probably want to change that. <laughs> All right. Before I could even get into what I was going to say. Um, if you can hear that voice in the background, uh, that is a woman who needs no introduction um, at all because, um, hey, I don't know. It's my mom. I'm going to just keep it G real with you. <laughs> my mother's on my podcast with me, which is kind of funny because I'm not even sure if my mom's listened to one episode um, outside. Well, you know, that's not true because I listened to it with him. So now he's lying to you. So you listened to the one episode that you listened to with me? You said you did. You weren't sure if I listened to one episode. <laughs> so, so literally, so, so you literally, so you have listened to one. Of, you caught your own self in the lie. So said, mom, now take that back. Now mom, you say I gotta take that back. Mom, take it back. Mom, go on. So you only listened to one episode of my show. Take the lie back. Okay. Anyways, if any of you ever wondered how I became so just, gosh, fucking, just so cool. I literally get all my cool points from my mom. Let's just put it that way. Mom ain't cool. I ain't never been cool. Uh, yeah, mom. You just, you've been a lot of things. You have been cool. And you know what would be really cool? Is that for you all who are listening to this, I know you're listening to me on the iPhone. I know you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts. Bruh, do me a solid. Go on ahead, like, subscribe, share, comment, whatever the fuck it is that you do to get your boy five stars. Please give me five stars. Um, or don't, if you just want to be nosy and that's cool as well, but you know, that is greatly appreciated. Um, mama, I'm not, I'm not going to keep you. I'm not going to hold you cause I can already see you yawning on me. Um, <laughs> oh my, God, my mother is so extra. Um, she's just fucking extra. I yep, can't. I have my mother on my show today to commemorate uh, Mother's Day. Um, obviously, that's coming up. And um, I, I thought to myself, why not just do a show talking about how cool your mom is? How about you actually bring your mom on the show? So I asked my mom, would she like to be on my show? And she was like, sure, no big deal. And then I was like, no, it is a big deal. And she was like, all right, cool, whatever. And I was like, all right. Anyways, my whole point is, you see where the nonchalantness comes from myself. My mother's just always letting things roll off. But, Mom, thank you so very much for being here. Um, We're actually here in your house, so thank you so very much for letting me stay here. (laughs) I guess it's really the real truth statement to be said. Um, Yes, you're welcome, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's that funny? 
I guess, mom. I, I I don't know. I I a portion of me feels like a little kid asking his mom a whole bunch of questions again. Another portion of me feels like a grown man who doesn't know if he's ready to get true answers from his mother on the questions he's about to ask. So. Yeah, you can always get truth from me. So you can be grown. You can be a little kid. I don't give a shit which one you are. You're going to get the truth. <laughs> if I can tell you guys in perspective of how my mother really doesn't actually have like, um, you know, you know how people say, don't baby them. Don't, don't, you know, don't nurture them. I don't know. I don't know what people say. My mother's sense of humor runs deep like this. She once pretended to be dead and held her breath and pretended to be dead for like a whole fucking 10 minutes, guys. I was like five years old and I walked in the room. My mom's like laying on the ground and I'm like, mom, what's going on? Like, I'm trying to nudge her. You hear she's fucking laughing. I'm trying to nudge her. I'm trying to nudge my mom and like wake my mother up and be like, mom, like wake up, mom, like wake up. And she just pretends to be dead. And I go, oh my God, I have to call 911. And as I like ran to go get the phone, that's when she woke like woke up and was like, ah, oh, no, I was just kidding. That is that's not Bill's funny. Yeah, Bill's sense of humor. Character. It builds character, mom. Is that because, what the fuck you did? Yeah, you didn't fucking traumatize me. Right didn't traumatize me. Nope. Nope. Builds character. That's that's fucking hilarious. So if you guys don't like my sense of humor. Blame my mother because clearly, as you can see here, she she thought that was funny, and I'm not gonna lie, I think it's pretty fucking hilarious now too. Like I, like I actually think that's pretty funny to do to your kids, but I can see where one could disagree with me. Um, all in all, mom, I'm I'm gonna ask you a slew of questions. I already sent you the questions because my mother is what you call a a, um, a bougie lady. She doesn't like to be ran up on without a plan. So I had to actually have to type out questions and send it to her. Like she had to fucking have her PR person approve it and all that. Why the hell wouldn't I? Why would I have it done any other way? So, so extra mom. So, Mm -hmm. so extra. Um, Okay. So mom, would you mind telling the people a little bit about yourself? Like your background, like where you're from, like kind of like your upbringing and something and that stuff. So how far would you like me to go back? It's your, the floor is yours mother. Do as you please. And please speak into the mic. Mm. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no weirdness. Uh, yeah. Pause that. Okay. All right. Thank yeah. You. Thanks. I appreciate wow. it. So, hello. Hello. Hello, everyone out there. Uh, my name is Phyllis Johnson. And I guess, is, uh, as he just told you, I'm the mother of Keith. That's oh, uh, Uncle Puche, Mom. Don't call me my government name on my show, Mom. Come on. Respect I my boundaries. I don't care what the hell they call you. You're going to always be Keith to me. And you don't so, even call me Keith, gosh. Whatever you're going to be called. That's what you're going to be called right whatever, now. Mom. But anyway. <laughs> um, and. What are you shaking your head for? Am I, am I taking too long? No, Mom. Do as you please. Thank you. I appreciate you. Let me do my thing the way I want to. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Before I was so rudely interrupted. Again, I'm Phyllis Johnson. Uh, I'm the mother of. Keith, KJ, not Uncle Pooche. Uh, <laughs> yes, he will always be known to me. I'm sure y'all didn't know his name, but there you go. So he'll probably edit that out, but okay. <laughs> yeah. So a little about me, about my background. I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm the youngest of eight. Damn. <laughs> what the hell is damn? Nothing. Okay, thank you. You stay out of my intro here. <laughs> I'm the youngest of eight. And the smartest, I must say. Oh, shit. All right. All right. Shots fired. Sorry, Auntie. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm sorry to all of them, but <laughs> still, I'm still the better one. Oh but anyway, God. youngest of eight. Uh, I uh, after uh, graduation, yeah, I had a little setback <laughs> with someone that was unexpected. Oh, As I graduated from college, uh, walked across the stage with a little one. Oh, <laughs> that changed my life. Yep, that would be Uncle Poochie, oh, as you call <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, unexpected deliveries that I had, but uh, uh, I guess uh, from, uh, you know, I guess I, I just skipped all over your dad, huh? I was going to ask you before we go into that, because that was one of the questions was, uh, <laughs> was that. So, you, you, um, you've been married 25 plus years this year. Yeah. How can you be married 25 plus years? 20, I'm sorry, 25 years. Damn, mom. Okay. 25 years this year. And the person you're married to is my father. Uh, and you met him when you were 17 or 18? Or you like or 16. 16. Damn, I didn't know 16. that. And he was about 16 as well. Well, he was, you guys, yes. same age. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> I know the answer to this question. I sent it to you, but when you saw my father, um, was it like love at first sight? Like you met my dad? Yeah, I'm sure my face says it fucking all. Hell no, damn such thing as no love at first sight. Anybody out there saying they got some love at first sight? They a damn lie. I met your dad. He was just the man that worked with me. <laughs> just a man that works with that me. Work with me. Just a nigga with a jerk girl. Yeah, I don't know if he was a nigga with a jerk girl. He just was a nigga that was working. <laughs> <laughs> with a jerk girl. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Love at first sight. Nope, son. Don't believe in love at first sight. So I guess that's why we've been married so long. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think it was love at first sight for me. Mm-hmm. Though it was love at first sight for him either. Oh, because man. we probably didn't say anything mm-hmm. to each other for probably a year after we were working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most people always say, Oh, y'all work together. Oh, so y'all were liking each other all the time. No. <laughs> <laughs> so when you find somebody you liking each other all the time, guess what? Shit ain't gonna you work probably out. ain't gonna be married for 30 years. <laughs> it's not gonna work out. So you see, you guys. Know, let me tell you, all you motherfuckers out there that think you wanna say, Oh, I saw him and I was in love. Yeah, that's lust, bitch. <laughs> and I, so, no. I, I know you're probably listening. You're pro- you were 10 minutes into this episode and you probably picked up on two things. One, my mother's fucking entertaining. Uh, two, yeah, she curses. And I only put that out here because it's been brought to my attention that some of you listening to this beautiful broadcast have a, a way of complaining about my vernacular. It's like, you say you're so educated, but why do you curse? Well, here's the thing. I curse because I fucking want to, my nigga. <laughs> and yeah, I said that with my mother in the room, but it's all due respect. The way I curse, the way I speak, the way I come across is everything with my passion. I don't use words that I don't know, and I don't talk about shit I don't understand. I sit back, listen, and go from there. So, yeah, Mom, I, I feel it. Um, I know you've always been, like, a, a huge teacher in the idea of, like, not necessarily rushing love and, like, trying to have, like, that whole white picket fence, like, relationship and things like that. And kind of more so just being a go-with-the-floor type situation. So you meet my pops. Um, you're like, yo, it's not love at first sight. 
Um, but just like for the simple fact of having a woman's perspective, and especially a woman who's married's perspective, like, do you think you liked him first or he liked you first? <laughs> Hell yeah, he liked me first. <laughs> oh, he like him first. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me just stop playing here. I never let people choose me. <laughs> oh I choose people. Yeah. So if one thing you ladies want to know out there, don't let me choose you. No. You choose them. Yeah. So you see things you like. I encourage you. Date around. <laughs> date more than one person. Oh my God. Date several people. Oh my God. I ain't say fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say fuck them. So you, I said date. So you say you down with multi-dating then, mama. That's what you down with? I don't know what y'all call the shit. <laughs> you call shit whatever you want to call it. I don't care. Oh, but God. what I'm saying is this <laughs> you date multiple people, oh, and shit. then when you do that, you get to choose what you like. But my husband tell you to this day, when I was dating him, oh, I was dating five or six months. Oh, <laughs> hey, yo, check this out. She said dating, by the way, motherfucker. She didn't say fucking. I swear to God, one of you niggas, if one of you niggas slap my DMs and say, hey, Pooch's mom was fucking five niggas at one time, I'm going to slap the shit out you, nigga. All right, don't. You ain't got to explain that to him. I just told him that. Yeah. I, I told the lady thing. Oh. I said, I ain't said fuck him. Because I wasn't fucking none of them. <laughs> so, yeah. but anyway. Yeah, no. I, okay. I, but anyway. Yeah. So, and then those people that I was dating, I chose your father because me and him had more in common. He had more of a, a family-oriented background that, uh, you know, I like. I like the way he treated his, you know, his family, his mother, his sisters. And in that thing, I was like, oh, this is how I think. Oh, I know this is how I would like to be treated. So that's why he won. Other than that. No. <laughs> yeah, dog. I mean, I, I am thoroughly uh, very happy that you chose that anyways, because I saw those five, six other niggas you said you were dating and they were all ugly. So, I mean, I would like to say I think my father think was... Dad pretty? I think my dad's the best looking man you've ever dated. So, yes. Me and my dad. Yeah, he, he was good looking. So, that that these hold up he, as well. So. Yeah, he was. Nigga still, nigga still look good. I only say this because I have to hold this to like a whole standard. Me and him look just alike, so I'm definitely just gonna grow into looking just like that nigga. So mm-hmm. I need to make sure that you know I know what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So then that happens right there. You meet um meet pops. Obviously, it's not love at first sight. You date around, whatever, you you guys do your thug thizzle, but you guys do end up getting together, you actually date. And that's obviously how you you know came to be. Um, you're dating and you kind of already brought up this. What'd you call it? A setback. <laughs> a setback. Uh, you hit a setback. You and something happens to you that I'm not gonna lie. I criticize people when I hear them say this shit because I think how the fuck deep can you claim this? But you get pregnant, but on accident. Like you wasn't planning on getting pregnant. So you don't get pregnant on accident. <laughs> <laughs> shit, shit. I don't say you got pregnant on accident. So you so you're not saying you got pregnant on accident, Mom? No, I don't know. You fuck. There's a chance you're gonna get pregnant. Hell, ain't no damn accident. Hell yeah, don't y'all ever say that. So, so, <laughs> so you so you never when you were pregnant with me, you're like, oh girl, yeah, no, nah, you pregnant? And it's like, yeah, girls on accident. You never said that shit? Um, no. 
Yeah, never said that. I hear a lot of people say that mm-hmm. stupid shit, and that actually like blows my mind because yeah, as a as a kid, I remember coming up and hearing people be like, "Oh man, she's pregnant," and then and it then was pe- a mistake. It was a mistake, or it was an accident. And you know, you a kid, you like, "Oh okay," like you know, somebody slipped up and whatever, <laughs> like an accident happened, you know. And, and I'm just like, now as a grown ass man, I'm like, listen here, I know how to put on the seatbelt. That means I know how to protect myself. Yeah, yeah, Therefore, that means that means that in the case of an accident, I have my fucking seatbelt on and we straight. And even if there wasn't a case of the seatbelt being there, because, you know, I am who I am at times. It's like, yo, this ain't no accident. I know what's about to occur if I like keep going there. But yeah, that's just my little thing. So obviously, um, at that point, mom, you uh, you were you, you were 20 when you got pregnant or you or you, when you found out or were you 21 by that time. I was uh, 21. Okay. Yeah. When so, I found yeah, out. Yeah. I was, I was kind of slow because, yeah, uh, I was pregnant almost. I was almost four months pregnant before I found out I was pregnant. Jeez. So a little late. But uh, let me tell you, if I had found out a little earlier, back and cleaner probably would have been. Oh, my God. <laughs> So I remember. But the Lord knew best, huh? The Lord did know best. Thanks, God. Thanks for looking out for me. I remember um, you telling me this, like maybe like when I I don't even know how the hell we even came up with this conversation. Or this conversation came up. I think I was like 18, 19, 20 years old, and that's when the first time you told me was like, you know, I didn't initially think I was going to go through. I think it was like during a you know political time period or something like that, and they were talking about like pro choice or whatever, and, and you were like, son, I wasn't really thinking about going through with this pregnancy either. And I was like, damn, like, what made you, what made you decide to stay like the course with it? Were you just like, oh, okay, well, I, like, I made this bid now I'm just going to lay in it type shit? Well, no. Mm, wish it was that way, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, life brings about, I guess, different challenges in all of our lives. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we have a way that we want to think we're going to write the path of how it's going to go. And at that point in my life, uh, a baby was not one that I was thinking of mm-hmm. or needed at that time. As I said, I was graduating from college. Um, I was, you know, I wanted to go on, um, you know, have a career. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about marriage at that time either. Your dad, most definitely, we got out of, straight out of high school and first thing, oh, we're going to get married. Oh, no, 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 no. I have a lot of things I want to do first. So um, that wasn't in my plan. And as I guess we all know, you know, life don't usually go as it, we, you know, as we planned it. And that's why I always tell people, you know, um, sometimes life throw you curveballs. You just take what, it, you know, it gives you and see what you come out with. Maybe a lot better. Uh, my prize was you. Mm-hmm. So if we, if I had gone on and had the vacuum cleaner, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be here. And then we wouldn't have Uncle Poochie. So <laughs> I guess I made a good choice, I think. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't know because it depends on the day. Like today she likes me, so it's all okay. No, but... I never like you, so. No, she never actually likes me. Um, you know, that's that's a good point, Mom. And I think one of the coolest things about 
growing up in the time period that I grew up in and just kind of my whole upbringing was that because I was born to parents who, you know, they weren't teenagers, but, you know, my folks still had to fucking go work. You know, it it was the thing that like, you know, sometimes, dude, you just got to you got to watch yourself today, you know, like, hey, me and your mom will be back. Like, you know, we got to go to work. But I remember like in that time period, I used to spend a lot of time watching movies. And I don't know if that was just like just something I cling on to. But one of the movies I watched the most was um, Forrest Gump. And shit, you know that my might fucking I watched that movie back and forth, back and forth. Like you leave the house. I'm still watching. You come back. I'm still watching it. And that's what you just basically kind of talked about with like, you know, curveballs in life. It's just like the thesis of that movie, you know, like like he says in the first line, like mama says life is like a box of chocolates, you know, you never know what you're going to get, <laughs> you know, and that's always so crazy to think about that. Yeah, you're right. Like, hey, you know, maybe you take this decision and this occurs or you take another decision and, you know, the other thing occurs. But you have to realize sometimes you don't even fucking make the decision. It just kind of happens throughout other decisions that happen in life. Um, so we have that, um, and you're now obviously a mother, uh, to a young boy who's not fucking married. (laughs) Um, is your first thoughts now, like get to the money or get to the fucking wedding bills? Like, which were you like more like focused on now that you're a young mother? So get to the money or get to the wedding bills. Interesting, interesting question. When you're a single black mother, uh, growing up in a home of divorced parents Mm -hmm. where your mother had to find a way, make a way. I was the youngest of eight, so it was just me and her. So my thing was to make a way for myself and not have her have to worry about me. So now, now... I'm a single <laughs> black young mother. So you don't have time to think about the wedding bill in the white picket fence <laughs> <laughs> when you are single <laughs> and have a baby. Even though um, I was single, wasn't married, there wasn't a day that, you know, Keith wasn't there. My dad. Um, yeah. He did. Um, so I, I could still, we weren't, we weren't married, but you could say we were married because I did have help. Some people don't have help. I did have help. But uh, in having help, we didn't, uh, still didn't look every day to say, okay, well, yeah, now next we're going to get married. No. The thing now is you have to make a way to make sure it's not only you anymore. You have to make a life, uh, make sure you're making the correct decisions and uh, moving in the direction that you, uh, you now you go from not having any responsibilities to a whole lot of them. <laughs> uh-huh. And so, um, no, I don't think it was get the money or get, uh, you know, or marriage. I think it was both. Uh-huh. You, you don't have uh, a thought of any of those things. You just trying to make everything work uh-huh. at that time. Yeah. It's, it's very important at that point. I, as you've told me plenty of times, it's just like, uh, um, being on the same page, being on the same page with your significant other. And I remember one of the funniest things my mom told me, um, this is way, way before I ever, ever fucking was even close to living with another woman. Uh, my mother told me, listen, 
son, when it comes down to fucking handling business, if the bills ain't paid, ain't nobody fucking. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody worried about no sex if the lights gonna get cut off. And if the person that you live with is still horny and y'all bills y'all y'all lights gonna get cut off, you probably don't need to marry that. You bitch. probably don't need to marry that fucking person. <laughs> okay. That means their priorities are all fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think, again, I was probably like 15, 15, 16 years old when I first heard that shit. But it's it's fucking true. You just have to be on, you know, you know, you don't always have to agree, I don't think, because I know my parents don't agree on everything. But to be on the same page, to be like, OK, well, we need to come down to some mutual agreement or some mutual understanding here. What does this mean? What doesn't this mean? What are we doing? What are we not doing? And that's I mean. They've been married 25 fucking years. I'm assuming that's the right way to do it. I have no fucking clue because I have no idea how marriage works. But I'm going to just take her advice on that one. (laughs) Um, We're going to step away um, because I need to pay some bills. Even though I still live in my mother's house, I still be out here trapping and rapping and tapping and shit. So I have to pay other bills. But I'm going to do that and uh, get back with y'all in a second. With two questions, huh? Nah, mama, you did more than that. How did do? I don't know, mom. We jumping back into it though now. Okay. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for coming back. Um, my mother is um just got done getting fanned off by her servants and things like that because she's just a bougie, bougie, bougie woman mm-hmm. as she's always been. Um, but yeah, okay, mom. So we is bougie. It's you, mom. That's what the fuck bougie okay, is. Okay, bougie. Whatever, mom. Um, <laughs> so we, so now you look at it, fast forward, you and pops, you guys married at, you're married at 24, pops is 25 years old. Um, looking at your life, I mean, I know you already said things don't go the way you think they should, but would you ever think, did you think that you got married too young? No, I don't think I ever got married too young. Um, if you, I think if you found the person that you, feel that can complete you. Yeah, now it's never too young. Uh, and me and your father, I think we fit. Uh, you know, people ask all the time, you're like, hey, y'all been together 30 years, how did y'all make up? You know, if you are with someone and you all both are on the same page, you have the same goals, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't say the same goals. You, um, your main goal is to make sure not that um, things are working out for yourself, but for your family. And uh, me and your father had that in common. And I think that's why we uh, have been together for uh, 30 plus years. It made it work. He had different things he wanted to do in life and I did as well. But we respected those goals and we uh, both had the same uh, mind frame to say, you know, this is uh, what we're going to have to do to make our family work. And we had that understanding. We put our family first. We put ourselves, uh, you know, first and then our family. And that's how we have made this uh, thing work for this long and still together. Yeah, I mean, that's that's beautiful. I mean, unfortunately, and fortunately, I think the flip side is that is that uh, the thing that must be kind of brought up is that in life, 
you taught me this, you know, that shit just all happened. You didn't, obviously you didn't bump into my father by the way of looking for Prince Charming and having a child and being married by 24. That was more so just, uh, in, in the lamest terms, like kind of like on some God's plan type situation where it just, just happened. Right. Yeah. So, you know, people, um, I've been asked several times before. It's like, well, I think you even asked me before. You're like, uh, I don't know if it was, I think it was you. It was one of my kids or someone, but I've been asked several times. Just don't remember. But people say all the time, well, when you were small, so did you think, how many children did you say you were going to have when you grew up? Where did you say you were going to live when you grew up? Where... What kind of man were you going to marry when you grew up? And I can honestly say, you know, it probably going to sound like to some of you all that, uh, wow, that's not, you know, a person that didn't dream. I never had one thought. <laughs> as a, I don't remember one dream that I sit down and colored a picture. It's like, oh, I'm going to have a house. It's going to have a white picket fence. I'm going to have a daughter with pigtails and a son who's going to be a great, you know, athlete or a doctor, professional. No. I never thought about children or a husband or anything else with that man. My biggest thing was when I was growing up is getting out the ghetto. <laughs> I knew she was going to say that shit. Surviving. That's it. Surviving. So, I, can, I guess that's why I can relate to people all across, uh, from all across the way. Uh, you, when you have to survive in, in your survival mode when you're growing up, you know, it's always funny to me when I, it's always, when I can sit down with women and they talk about, oh, wait a minute, oh, my daughter's going to have a baby. We went to go and buy furniture. Oh my God, the crib was a thousand dollars. I bought the crib. You know, I think that, you know, everybody don't have this. No, no, they don't have the benefits of that. <laughs> yeah, everybody don't have this. No. So, you, when, when you have that lifetime, that, those are the people that you find that think about, that they think about the unrealistic life that's out there. <laughs> that, Oh, I'm going to be married. Oh, I'm going to have a cute little girl. She's going to be the best cheerleader. And yeah, my son's going to be the captain of the football team. Yeah, people, that's not life. That's lifetime. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that didn't work for me like that, son. My life was survival. Yeah, no, and I, and I hear you on that because even I, I realized in my own head, when you're in survival mode, like you said, I don't, you don't think about this shit. You don't think about, um, you know, where you want to be, like future sense of like how you want your life to go. You're just like, man, I'm just trying to get through the fucking day, through the fucking week, through the month. Like, let me just get through it. And um, that's kind of crazy because, you know, you know, this just from obviously me talking to you and just the people listening to the podcast. Now, this is like when I started this podcast, I talked about how it was like mad therapeutic. Like I was just trying to get through my day without feeling like something here, feeling something there. So yeah, when you're, you're in a different mode that you want people who do have time to sit back and write out their damn fucking vision boards about where they want their life to be and hold on to it. 
no shots at the vision boards. Those shits are fire. Yeah. Um, but like the people who really stick to those things and think that's the only way life is supposed to go, it's like, dude, you either are not really like, I don't know, maybe you just, you're really hopeful or you're really naive, whichever one. So, okay. Yeah. That, that happens. You're married. It happens. You, you now gone on. You, um, you ever thought about this and I never thought about this, but you ever thought about just being a housewife mom? Like, did you ever just want to be like, like a housewife and stayed in the house with the kids all day and, and the husband went? Son, you already know that I ask no shit like that. <laughs> like, hell, I'm going to think I'm going to be a housewife. I am too important to be sitting around being a housewife. No, I never thought of being a housewife. This is not the Brady Bunch. And they're not Alice or... Yeah. No. I'm too important to be a housewife. I'm too smart. Not saying housewives are not smart. So let's not even mean on that. Yeah. What I'm saying is... Yeah. No, uh, even though I was a housewife for 10 years... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with being a housewife. But no, I never thought I would stay home and not work for 10 years. But, you know, that's what worked for our family and what we had to do at the time. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you couldn't, and that, that only fell in my life and to my lap because we, you know, moving out of, you know, different state to state. Yeah. You know, I couldn't have my children stay with other people. Yeah. So, hey, I had to stay home while my husband went out to work. But no, that was never a life that I thought that I would live. Yeah, no, no, I never dreamed of being a housewife. I always dreamed of being uh, more of a philanthropist. It's probably the only thing that I dreamed about. Don't touch me. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Keep doing that. Uh, being a philanthropist, that's about the only thing that I ever dreamed about because I always wanted to help other people. Uh, but no, never a housewife. Yeah. And it was crazy about it. It wasn't even like you were a stereotypical quote unquote housewife. Cause like you said, no problem, no problem with being a housewife. Cause if that's, that's what your situation is, it's just how it is. That's yeah, what you want to be. That's what you want to be. Yeah. That's, that's what works for you. But you still weren't the stereotypical housewife because you, um, fucking sorry. You, you, you so the year's 2002, we moved to Utah. My sister's born the last of your three kids. My sister's born, and then you do something that most people generally don't fucking do. You're like, yo, I'm going back to school. Now, this is with a whole ass, what, year-old baby, uh, 11-year-old son, and a four-year-old son. So it wasn't like your kids were like even close, remotely close to being older. Like You were like in the, the early stages of, of all of our lives. You're like, I'm going to go back to school. What, what, what motivated you to be like, yo, I'm going back to school? Uh, you know, that wasn't a hard decision. Um, I just felt that the time was right at that time. I knew I wasn't going to have any more children. Um, and I've always had a want to be uh, a math teacher. And I just thought the time was right for me to do that. Um, it is crazy that you said that because, you know, most people, uh, kind of feel I was heroic for mm -hmm. uh, going back to school with three children and a husband. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll, I'll say this to anybody out there, be a man or a woman, mm -hmm. uh, take, you know, step out on faith is what I did. You know, I had to do what I had to do to make my family work and make my life work for me as well. Um, was it hard? Yeah. 
I'd never tell you what. <laughs> um, but uh, I uh, I knew it's something I had to do for my own self because, you know, I would probably drove my own self crazy sitting in the house with two toddlers <laughs> and a preteen mm-hmm. and not doing anything for myself. But uh, the, the, the decision for me to go back to school is one of the best decisions that I think I've ever made in my life. It changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, brought about uh, a lot of, it opened my eyes to many different things. Mm-hmm. Being not only um, that uh, I feel that you never feel that you're a shelter <laughs> as, a, uh, as a kid until you start to see different people, different nationalities and different things. And oh, yeah. Different things in a different light. Oh, yeah. Um, and it changed my outlook on life altogether mm-hmm. uh, going back to school. And uh, I, as I said, I'll say again that uh, anybody out there thinking that they um, that that's something that they want to do, yeah, do it. I would encourage you to do it. Yeah. yeah I think one of the biggest things you said, one, is, uh, is something I have to do for myself. That's a huge portion of, um, of uh, importance that you've taught me uh, since being a kid. Is like, listen, man, even when you have children, you're going to have to realize there's things you do for them and things you have to do for yourself. You know, like in the sense of it, a lot of people get lost in the sauce of just being a mother or just being a father. They live vicariously through their kids. My mother's always been like, listen, man, like you got to understand I'm your mother first, but I also too need to accomplish things. It's like, I remember being a kid and like needing help with homework. You know, my mm-hmm. dumb ass, I'm coming in there like 10 o'clock at night trying to do some homework because yeah. of whatever. And, my favorite thing and she would always was. be like, listen here, mm-hmm. God damn it. I have my own fucking homework to do. I have homework to do. Too. I have homework to do too. So you if, give me, like, give you five minutes yeah, I can, and the rest of my time is All the rest of my time is me. Okay. And I remember thinking like, how fucking selfish is that of her? Yeah. And as I got older and I remember I'm fucking walking to class one day. I, I fucking was, I drove, I drove to fucking school. I got there super early and I worked like still 40 hours a week when, uh, when I was in college and I was tired as shit. And I remember I didn't want to write a fucking paper and I did it. I wrote the fucking paper. I did it. And I thought to myself, damn, my mother really had a whole three ass kids, a husband and yeah. just her own life yeah, and, and, and was writing papers. And all I got to do is go to fucking work and worry about who I'm possibly cheating on at the time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. damn. Damn, that was hard as hell. So no, that was it was definitely an eye opener. It was definitely one of the best things I ever was taught. You know, it's like, dude, what's your excuse? You know, is your excuse as good as your mom's? Probably not. So shut the fuck up. Um, another thing you said that was like uh, very, very like you know r- remarkable to hear is like you don't realize how sheltered you are until like you know take a step outside of your neighborhood and see you know different people of nationalities, different people of backgrounds, and. That's a big thing because a lot of times people want to think that you're sheltered because you live in the suburbs. Like, you know, you come from privilege, so you're sheltered. It's like, no, like you could necessarily be in quote unquote what you call a privileged neighborhood and be more exposed than the common person who is not because you have now had the access to go out and see these things. You didn't come from a household where it was like, hey, Phyllis, you know, we're going to take the, the, the car out this week and go on a vacation. Mm-hmm. It was like, fuck no, our family didn't do that shit. Didn't have the means. The, the luxury of what my family's lifestyle was when my mother was a kid was saying shit like this. 
hey guys, I know we live in Tennessee. We're gonna go to we're gonna go to Texas. It's like, oh yay, Texas. What are we gonna do in Texas? Shit. <laughs> you're gonna go to Texas and you're just gonna go there. You're just gonna go there and just hang out with one of your cousins for I don't know two months, mm-hmm. and it takes like three or four fucking days to get there. So we're gonna drop you off there for two months and then they go from there. And I know you're probably like, well, what are you trying to get at, Uncle Puche? What I'm trying to say is, is that what my mother, I like to think of, was my mother going back to school. She noticed that she was a woman from a place that she didn't get a lot of exposure and a lot of understanding of different people's nationality, creed, their background, their beliefs, because that just wasn't in her area. And instead of blaming her environment, instead of being a product of her environment, she was like, hey, fuck this. I want to know why do Mexican people do this? Why do white people think this way? What the fuck are Indian people doing? Like, what's going on? And as you guys have heard me ple- and state before, diversity is so fucking important because especially for as people of color, if you don't know what someone else is doing, you're falling behind because you ain't paying attention to them, but they definitely pay attention to you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think that's the truth, go look at fucking TikTok. Anyways, uh, <laughs> As I fucking move on and we slide into a different song and about to wrap this shit up. Um, so mom, you obviously you go back to school, you fucking you graduate. Um, at this point you're 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 close close, you know, closing out like with one kid where you still have like two younger kids, so it's not like you're just completely out of mom mommy mode. Um, you you bounce around to some jobs as you try to get back on your feet and everything, and um you become a, a business owner. Um now, can you give us, like, you don't have to give us, like, too many details or anything like that, but you're, you're a business owner and you're a woman mm-hmm. in America in 2020, mm-hmm. outside of the, the wacky-ass world that we have going on right now. But outside of that, like, before the world got fucking wacky and shit, oh, my goodness, what was it like <laughs> being a business owner that was a black woman in America in pre twenty twenty world, yeah, in pre twenty twenty world, what was it like being a business owner? Yeah, what was or it like becoming a business or becoming owner? a business owner? Shit. Uh, yeah, well, um, when I went back to school, I-, I tell you one thing that I found that going back to school uh, in my thirties, I think um, life had already given me so many experiences that um, it was it had to take on a different meaning from if I had, when I was going to school, uh, when I was 19, um, going back to school then, you know, when you have fresh out of high school, you know, we all, um, have to grow and we hope that we can grow. I, I feel like I was always a little more advanced than, you know, some of my counterparts at the same age. But when I went back to school, when I was 30, I saw that I wasn't, as advanced as I thought I should have been because I would have taken things more serious then at the time, because what I would have realized is that, um, yes, go to school, not learn how to go to school to get a job, but how to go to school and become your own job, you know, make your own job, make your own way. And that's what I found out when I went back to school at an older age is that I know that I can't build generational wealth by working a job. 
I had to have something. I was going to have to be able to generate incomes, uh, not by one source. And most people live their lives and generate income by one source. And I'm not saying that some people don't do well. You do. But you can't build generational wealth in that way. Uh, I guess I could say I shouldn't say that either because you can, but it's significantly harder to do. And not more people, uh, you know, not as many people are going to be able to uh, reach that pinnacle. So um, I say that to say this. Um, I think we all should be working uh, a job, a job that generates generational wealth for us, you know, through our own ownership. So if we think ownership, we uh, we can, you know, grow by leaps and bounds. Uh, and I knew after going back to school in my 30s that the only way for me to do that, when I surrounded myself around people that, you know, like-minded people, that I knew I had to work for myself and not someone else. So that's how I became a small business owner. Uh, it didn't, you know, it's funny. I had been working for myself long before I started, I opened up um, Allstate Agency. Um, I had been doing financial planning. Uh, and that, you know, I was just, you know, working on this own, you know, working on that company, but it was still, I still was a 1099 employee. So which means I still was working for myself. So, uh, and when you're in those realms of people that's working for themselves, you know what? You're going to work harder because, you know, if you don't generate income, you won't have income. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's why so many of us work a job because we want to guarantee a paycheck. But if you find, I'll tell you, the biggest thing for you to know and the best thing for you to know, if anything that you take out of anything that we're talking about today, is that a paycheck is the worst thing that could happen to any individual because it puts you in a comfort zone. And sometimes we, as black people, black women, or I used to always, I always like to tell them, is that, you know, um, you can make six digits, even seven, right? If you're making seven digits and you're working for a paycheck, um, you will not reach a pinnacle in your life until you start making those same seven digits without working from a paycheck from somebody other than yourself. So I think we all should look to become our own bosses in any way because you're never going to work harder for any other person than you do for your own self. So I challenge all of you all to make sure you find what you like and, you know, look to become um, somebody that you, you know, work for your own self. I guess I'll put it that way. Yeah, no, that that makes total sense. Mom. It's uh, one of those things like you always, have, you know, try to instill in me that it's just like, all right, man, you got your normal job, but like, where's your hustle at? Like, where's your, where's your passion at? Because the thing is, is like, like my mother's always had this way of saying, you're only going to keep something that you like for so long, but when you love it, you're going to want to stay with it forever. And so it's just like that job. You just like a job, but if you were able to do something you loved, you leave in a minute, you know, 
and, you know, you leave in a quick second. So that's definitely um, very inspirational. Mom, like I said, it was definitely inspirational, especially to do it in this world that we're living in right now before everything got fucking wacky. Um, outside of that, my, I don't really want to keep you. I know Matlock's about to come on pretty soon, and you, <laughs> you need to go back to fucking watching the prices right and shit. Mm. So I'm gonna like ra- right. okay. I'm gonna wrap this up shortly. Um, I think my dad just walked in. Hey, dad. Hey, what's up? Um, uh, as I wrap this up, you don't talk to me. Yeah, you don't want to talk to me. Um, do you have any other free game? Any other words of wisdom to drop on anybody before? Uh, I'll let you go, Mama. Nope. I think that's it. Good talk on you today, son. All right. Thank you, Mama. I'm going to close this out like the G that I am. Uh, you listen to another episode of the Six Feet Under Podcast. I'm your five foot nine host with sophisticated ignorance, Uncle Puche. Oh, damn. Stop hating, Mom. Please, <laughs> uh, <laughs> please, please, ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please remember. To always allow the peace to kill the evil that's trying to come within you. And until next time, y'all, I'm out.